you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Moutier, and I'm here today with Joe Graves, Training and Development Manager here at Operatics. How are you today, Joe? I am very well, Ray. I, I'm very pleased to be here. As you know, I've been an ardent fan of the show since uh, its conception. So, yeah, really pleased to be invited on. There you go. There you go. You are the guest now, not just the listener. And I know, yeah, you've been uh, promoting the shows to the team and trying to to take all the, the nectar, all the best practices and put that in place with the team. So, yeah, I know that uh, you've been a keen fan of the show. That's funny scrap. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, love you've, it. You've been, uh, you've been a keen listener to the show. So today we will be talking about the six questions every salesperson must answer. But before we go into that conversation, Joe, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit more about what you do at Operatics, what your role is at Operatics? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Joe Greaves or, or Joseph, for being more formal. So I'm the training and development manager here at Operatics. My role is to not only train people coming in from various types of backgrounds, maybe they're coming new into IT sales, maybe they're coming into sales for the first time, is to provide them with the initial training, but more importantly, the ongoing coaching. So working with people very closely to help them do the job better and, and be better at sales. And um, I think, you know, when whenever we have new people coming in, I'd be lying to them if I said what we do is easy. And there's a lot of work that goes into making someone very good. I think for me, my background and how I got into sales is uh, a little bit unusual. I think like most people, I kind of fell into sales. I actually trained as a professional actor at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama a long time ago. And like most people who graduate from a, a drama school, I, I went on to become an unemployed actor. And oh. <laughs> to supplement my uh, my lifestyle, shall we say, I, I one of the types of work that was readily available was call centers. And for a long time, I worked in that kind of environment. I sold pretty much anything you can think of, wine, blinds, magazine subscriptions, charity donations, music licenses, you name it. And I think, you know, initially, most people don't ever think I want to do cold calling. But for myself, not only did I find I was very good at it, but I actually really enjoyed it. And, And weirdly, I think with cold calling, I know it sounds like a, a dirty word, but cold calling, the, the adrenaline and the buzz that you get from cold calling is very similar to doing a performance or you know standing up and, in front of an audience and performing. And, and um, you know my motto on that one, it's not a cold call if you are prepared. So if you do your research yeah, absolutely. and you, you, you do you do all the groundwork, it's it's a warm call. A cold call is, is just kind of repeating the same thing to the same people and having a hoping for a little bit of luck. But getting into the topic. One of the, the first questions that I've got for you, and, and I think today you'll be sharing a few of our internal secrets and, and how we go about doing things and all that. Uh, Giving away the jobs. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I'm sure you will agree with me that when we kick off a program with clients, often we get absolutely too much information. We get lots of PDF, lots of stuff that we actually don't need. And even sometimes when we ask our client sales team to sum up the pitch to really give us that high level elevator pitch they, they actually struggle to just go straight to the essence and, and actually summarize in only a couple of sen- sentences what that company does so mm. maybe we could start there and and maybe we, it would be wonderful if you could share with our audience the six question every salesperson must answer absolutely um, i think before i kind of go into the questions i'll, I'll give a 
a bit of pretext to it because I think there's an ongoing argument in sales as to whether you go for the scripted method versus the more freestyle. And for me, you know, what, what we do is very much an art form. The analogy that I use is like a Hollywood screenwriter. They don't just write the first draft of a screenplay and then send that off and go, there you go, Hollywood, it's done. It takes countless iterations. You have to put a lot of work in doing various drafts to make it what it is. But the, the idea is that as well as sales being an art form, there's also a science to it. There's also a formula to it. And we've very much perfected the formula. And the idea of these six questions is to really give us the skeleton for that formula. There isn't always a one size fits all, but the idea is with these six questions, if you can answer these questions, that will give you a really good jumping off point to actually build your pitch. And okay. this pitch could be used for anything, whether it's calling, whether it's face-to-face or, or what have you. So I guess going straight into the, the, the first one, the first question that I always ask is who are the target personas that you want to meet with and the target companies, but what is it specifically about them that make them the best person to speak to? Because I don't think it's enough anymore just to say I'm calling you because I see you are the chief information security officer. There's a wealth of information out there that you have at your fingertips now with LinkedIn and, and various other tools where you can actually find out a lot about what people are already interested in. And by leading into the conversation, talking about them, talking about their interests, that immediately separates you from all the other salespeople. But even better, if there's a specific reason why you want to talk to them about your product, that's going to really kind of warm up the, the conversation from the off. The second question would be how would you summarize who your company is and what you do in two or three sentences? Now, it's interesting, whenever we ask our clients that question, they, they struggle initially. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's very important because I think a lot of salespeople, that would be the entirety of their pitch. They start talking about the company, where they came from and, and that kind of thing. But actually, if you've only got a short amount of time, you need to make that very succinct. And quite often, if you if you can't if you'll find yourself struggling to do that, marketing teams spend a lot of time and effort actually doing that themselves. So you, you can go to a company's website and you see maybe they've already done that. Another great source of that is the the CEO. If anyone's watched Dragon's Den, you'll you'll see people who have these ideas for companies. At some point, they've stood up in front of investors and articulated what the company is and what they do in a way that they can repeat. And, and they're often a good source. So I find looking for, for interviews from CEOs of companies is a, a really great way of finding that if you're struggling to do it yourself. Sure. The third question is, what, what are the biggest pains that your solution or service solves? And if you think about it, most technology is born out of the idea that there is a problem that you need to solve. And they, they've created this technology to fix the problem. And you want to really highlight that. Now, there might be more than one. There might be several problems that your solution fix, but you do need to be selective. You do need to pick the ones that are not not only going to resonate, but something that they agree with and they recognize almost immediately. Then the uh, fourth question would be, what are the best business benefits to your solution or service, not features? And it's very important to make that distinction because in the beginning, really, people aren't necessarily focused on what the technology does or how it does it. They're more interested in the end outcome. And in business, it always comes down to the same types of things. Is it going to save me money? Is it going to make me money? Is it going to save me time or, or make me more secure? What is it about your product? And quite often I'll say to my clients, I'll say, 
give me one good reason why people should buy your product. And then quite often that is the main benefit. And then the fifth question would be, who are your current clients and what, if anything, can you talk about? And I think that's very important because it's all well and good to say you can do these wonderful things for companies, but unless you've got the ability to back that up and actually show that you've been able to do it for similar companies, then they may not always take your word for it. So a lot of our clients, they may have strict non-disclosure agreements, which, which can make that somewhat tricky. But where you can talk about your current clients, it's very important and you need to actually give specifics. So you've saved X company, you know, X amount of money. Well, you, you need to delve a bit more into that and give people an idea of exactly what you're going to be able to do for them and how you've done that for possibly even their competitors. I think finding a, a suitable competitor, someone who's in the same vertical is very, very important, who you can use as a reference. And then the, the last question, which is one that I think a, a lot of uh, salespeople maybe struggle with is, you know, what value other than, let's say, a demo or a PowerPoint presentation, you know, the old kind of PowerPoint karaoke's that people like to do, what value are they going to get from meeting with you other than that demo or other than that presentation? And quite often, I think the thing that people get value is learning something about their business that they don't already know. And hopefully, if you're able to demonstrate that in the next conversation that you have, the next steps, that's going to be the hook that draws people in. Because, you know, if I'm going to take time out of my day to talk about your product, I want to know that that hour I spend with you alone, whether or not I buy your product is going to be worth my time. So those six questions there, if you can get the answers to those questions and you have them in, in that order, essentially what that does, it writes your sales pitch for you. And if you can use that as a jumping off point, use it as a skeleton, and it, really what you're looking for is a narrative. I think you know a good sales pitch is like good storytelling. It's got to have a clear beginning, middle, and end. And this will this goes a really long way to giving you the ability to do that. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And one of the points that you mentioned is around the the feature versus versus the benefits or the value that you deliver and. And I'm a big believer, and I'm sure you are now as well, uh, in the fact that we don't need to become expert of the product, particularly for what we do, which is the initial part of the sales process, that demand generation, demand creation, that, that pipeline generation. But, but really what we need to get is, is to get under the skin of the prospect, mm -hmm. understanding the role of the prospect, understanding their challenges, understanding what happened in their life. The solution is only secondary. Because what we need to understand first is, is the pain. So I'd like to understand from you, how do you, because obviously we, we work with a variety of clients in, in lots of different, different space from cloud to big data, to cybersecurity, to marketing solutions. How do you go about adapting to each of those prospects? How do you go about finalizing, compiling a pertinent sales pitch or sales scenarios, shall I say, when you've got so many different potential personnel that you can target into an account? That is a good question. I think it's, it's about, for us, it's all about account-based selling. You know, you, you really need to understand the verticals uh, and the types of people, the types of company, understand the relationships between the people that you're going to be speaking to. And importantly, you know, if you get in the room with someone, are, are they 
just going to be an advocate or do they have the ability to sign off on on the project? Sometimes I think a lot of our clients, you know, they, they, they want to aim high, obviously, because you're looking for that decision maker. You're looking for that person who can sign off on the project. But there's an old saying, which is you've got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince. So the, the approach that we take is try and speak to as many people as you can. The more people you speak to, the better. You're going to get insight from them. You might not always get what you're after, which is a meeting perhaps, but doing that kind of in-depth research and, and speaking to those people, understanding the pains, not just from one part of the business. I think you know people make the mistake of thinking that the decision-making process is always top-down. Actually, a lot of companies have a committee-style decision-making process, which means you're going to have to speak to multiple people within the business in order to get what you want. Okay, that, that makes perfect sense. And could you, could you also uh, develop a little bit or explain to our audience what we call the deep dive when we do a campaign? Because I think it's just related to what you mentioned, which is, well, you need to have this, to start the conversation somewhere. Mm-hmm. But then over time, you need to develop this conversation. So it's not, a, it's not a one call, one meeting, one deal, but it's probably a few hundred calls, probably a dozen of meetings, one deal. So can you just elaborate a little bit on the on the deep dive for our audience and how you go about it and how you go about training the team about doing it properly? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, the big struggles, for, particularly in the technology sector, is, is understanding what I talked about before, which is the difference between the features of a product and the benefits. Because you've got to understand your audience. Think, think about it like this, right? You call somebody out of the blue. They've never heard of your company before. And if you're going to go off on a, a huge kind of speech talking about the technology, saying things like it's an interconnected cross-platform network WAN solution with EDF firewalls, at this stage, that's all meaningless. And, and you've got to understand what's important to the people that you're speaking to. So it's, it's bringing, you know, if you've got a, a feature that is going to speed up the process for someone, that is the key thing to talk about. Not necessarily how it works, but more the end result. And give people specifics as well. You know, it's no good me speaking to someone saying, oh, I can save you a bit of money. People want to know how much, you know, you've got to give them those kind of examples. And when you're doing that kind of deep dive, you need to be asking the right kind of questions. Now, questions, depending on where you're at in the stage of the the process, if you ask the wrong question at the wrong wrong time, that can put some people off. So you need to be very smart about the type of questions you're asking in order to get that person to divulge the information that you need, not only to qualify the prospect, but also to almost conv- have them convince themselves that this is something they need. Okay. And then speaking about that and speaking about asking the right question and, and also the right way to ask this question. And we know that there is specific technique to work on the psychology, the mind of the prospect to make sure that they, they agree to learn more about the company we are representing and the the solution that we are trying to push to them. But can you share with our audience how you do to actually do that work, that psychological mind work, yes. in the way you ask the question to, to get them to agree, to get them to answer, to get them to be interested? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think the psychology is something I probably <laughs> I probably go too detailed sometimes. So if I go off on a tangent, do stop me. But it's really interesting because you've got to understand how human beings work and how they relate to each other. One of the things I always talk about is that, you know, particularly, let's say in the cold call scenario, at the very top of the call, building rapport with someone for someone who you've never spoken to before, it can be a difficult stage of the process. And initially, you've got to get someone to like you, because if the fact, the fact is, if they don't like you, they're not going to listen to you. 
So actually thinking about icebreaker questions, putting a lot of thought into that. A lot of people just say, oh, you know, how are you doing? Or how's the weather? But you, you can actually put a bit of thought into that. So for example, there was a study done recently where they looked at the best type of icebreaker question. And the one that came out on top and had the most uh, successful results was, how have you been? Now, the psychology there is that how have you been implies that there is prior knowledge and it kind of scrambles the brain and the person kind of thinks, oh, have we spoken before? Another one I used to use was, how are you doing? Are you well? And my theory was that no one likes to admit they're unwell. So they'd always say yes. And again, I hear what I hear a lot is when you're trying to qualify and make sure it's the right person to speak to, I hear people saying, oh, I understand you're responsible for cybersecurity. Is that right? And by saying, is that right? What you're saying to the prospect is, I'm not sure. Actually, that shouldn't be a question. That should be a statement saying, Aurelian, I'm calling you because I understand you are the CEO. And then you stop talking. And actually, that by knowing when to stop talking is just as important as knowing when to keep talking. People feel awkward and they feel like they need to fill that silence. And because it sounds like you know, rather than you're guessing, you have a better result. But the, the way I see it in, in any kind of sales environment, you've got two objectives. Objective number one is to get someone to agree that they have a problem. And how do you actually do that? And, and one way we've developed that we, we know works really well is a multiple choice question. Because what I hear a lot is people saying, oh, okay, you know, you've got X, Y, Z problem. Does any of that resonate with you? Do you see those challenges? And, and really what you're doing there is you're testing that person's memory and they're trying to remember all the things you've just said. Whereas if you offer that out as a multiple choice question, well, to give you an example, Ray, I ask you a multiple choice question. What's your favorite color, red or blue? Blue. What's your favorite food? Pizza or spaghetti? I actually uh, like bread, but there you go. <laughs> but I, I know what you're getting. What, what, what you're doing is, is basically you, you control the answer of the question that you are getting exactly. through controlling the answer. So yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. And whatever answer you give me is perfect. Even if you say, well, actually, I don't like either of those. I like this. I can use that information to lead me into the core. But subconsciously, you've agreed that you have a problem. And then the, the last point I'll make is when it comes to the close, and the close is, I think, you know, can be the most difficult part of, of any sales conversation. It's you need to phrase a lasting question that's going to stick with them. And, you know, if it, surely if you turn around to someone and you say, look, we can save you X amount of money. Now, if we did that for your company, what would the benefit be for you and your team? And then by asking that question in that way, they give you the answer. And, and, and then they, they've convinced themselves that actually this is something I need to look at. So very subtle kind of things you can do, but it's important to spend a lot of time thinking about it because it makes all the difference. Absolutely. No, I agree. I think uh, there is nothing more frustrating. I had a guy calling me last week and he was actually trying to qualify me. So asking me qualifying question before even telling me what he was all about. Mm. And and you just kind of think, well, why, what are you doing? I don't even know who you are, <laughs> what you do, and you try to qualify me as if I should know. And I think, you know, starting the conversation, as you mentioned, with getting the people to answer yes, you know, having that positive mm -hmm. start from the beginning where you've got a few yes answer, and then you can go into explaining the value. Then you can go into explaining how you deliver the value to similar clients. So then, you, you know, you can, it's that kind of that, that validation. Then you explain the value of meeting. And, and, and then when ultimately they say yes for the meeting, this is when you should ask a qualifying question. This is when you will say, well, look, now we're going to have one hour and I want to make the most of that time or we're going to have 30 minutes. Let's make the most of that time. So I've got a few questions to ask you so I can make sure that my colleague in cell will be able to come with all the right information, et cetera, et cetera. But 
Absolutely. think that order is very important. You need to make sure that there is a pain. If there is a pain, you explain that you can solve the pain and you give an example of how you solve the pain for someone in a similar situation. Then you explain the value of the medication and then you explain, you, you ask them if they've got any allergies and stuff like that and, 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 and then you close it off basically. And so you make sure that when you go there, you know, that you, you, you go with the right pill. Absolutely. So, so I think that makes perfect sense, Joe. Thank you very much, Joe, for all your insights. Today. I think it was pretty interesting to hear you going through the, the six questions that we should ask and how to formulate the pitch, but also that conversation around the, the psychology and how the mind work is obviously quite, uh, quite interesting and uh, intriguing. But if anyone wants to carry on the conversation offline uh, from this podcast, what's the best way to get uh, hold of you, Joe? So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Always happy to to have a chat with people that way. Alternatively, you can email me, uh, joseph.greaves at operatics.net. Always happy to speak to people about what we do, as I'm sure you've experienced already. And I could talk about the theory behind what we do all day and would happily do so. So if anyone wants to pick up that conversation with me, be prepared for a, a long chat. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thanks for your time today, Joe. Really appreciate having you on the show and glad you made it as a guest. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Aurelian. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.